Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Southwest Virginia Fishing Report with Matt Riley. How's it going, Matt? I'm doing great, Marvin. How are you? Just trying to stay out of trouble. Uh, did you guys get all the rain that we got over here in uh, North Carolina last week? Uh, we did. It was kind of kind of spotty. Um, Western North Carolina definitely seems like they got plenty in that like West Jefferson Boone area because the new had a ton of water coming down down it uh, last weekend and we got some locally too but um, it's been all over the place like some of the new river tributaries got hit pretty good some of them didn't some of our trout streams that you know have been low you know pretty much all summer and fall are still low and some of them got a good dose of rain and came up quite a bit so it's it's uh you kind of have to know where the water went you know if you're trout fishing you know last week you know, you had high water some places and low water some places, and it's kind of evened out a little bit now. But, yeah, not not really consistent all over the region, but um, we got some, which is good. Got it. How did the blast of cold air affect everything? Um, I didn't notice too much. Um, you know, the, I, I think uh, I'm kind of hoping that it stays cold here to, you know, drop the temp and the the new river a little bit and kind of get our, our, you know, mid fall winter musky season going a little better. Um, trout fishing didn't really seem to slow down much. Um, you know, it's just colder personally being outside, but I haven't noticed much of a difference in the fishing. Got it. And you're, are you kind of, are you kind of in the main throes of musky season or are we still kind of waiting for that to ramp up? Um, it is ramping up. I mean, uh, it's, it's been decent. It hasn't really gotten hot yet. Um, but we've been getting, seeing fish and getting fish to eat just about every day. They've been out, um, in the last couple of weeks has had some bad luck. Uh, some people have lost some nice fish at the boat here this week. So, uh, so it's, uh, it feels like we're kind of still at the beginning, but we've had lots of opportunities. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll just get better from here on out really towards the end of this month. I would expect it to be pretty good. Got it. And on the trout side, right? I guess you've got two flavors of ice cream. You got to either fish in high, probably <laughs> stained water, um, and fish the edges and fish on structure, or you got the low stuff where you got to use really skinny tippet and probably fish, uh, pretty accurate, uh, representations of insects. Yeah. Um, it, like you said, I mean, it's, there's, there's two sides to the trout coin right now. You know, some of the creeks are high and, you know, that's, I, I like that, you know, this time of year, particularly in the creeks that have more brown trout in them because they're, you know, ramping up for their, their, uh, spawn. And so they're getting a little more aggressive and, and, you know, you have an opportunity to catch a pretty big fish. Um, but then, you know, one of the creeks that I do a lot of, you know, trout fishing and guiding on is still pretty low. And it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, like you said, low water, you know, smaller tippet, you know, nymph fishing primarily. But uh, there's a lot of trout streams around here. And I kind of like to. I like, they've all got different characters. So I like to fish, you know, the more broken water, pockety kind of stuff. And we've got the low water and, you know, that helps you. It, it kind of reduces that, you know, um, 
you don't have to be quite as stealthy. You know, the fish can't see you from 500 feet away like they can in, you know, another creek where you've got long pieces of flat water, you know, with fish holding in them. So, you know, it's just, just uh, kind of picking your water carefully. And, and it is primarily nymph fishing, you know, in the low water, unless, you know, like I said, some of those creeks with the higher water, you know, I like to throw some, you know, sculpin and crayfish patterns and that kind of thing. And, and that can do pretty well. Got it. Yeah. It's always important to <clears throat> tilt the odds in your favor. Yes. hundred percent. That, that's something I believe in a lot. And, uh, you know, like I said, this time of year, you know, you've got aggressive brown trout. You've got, if you have higher water in those creeks with brown trout in it, you know, that's, that's where I want to be. And, you know, we got a, uh, we got another listener question, Matt, and, uh, it's from Eric and Eric wanted to know, you know, he's seen signs for private water and understands, you know, some shops have access to private water, some clubs do, but was really kind of curious about what's the difference between public and private water. And, you know, when is it worth, you know, paying the money to go fish private water? Just in terms of like the fishing experience. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a that's kind of a tricky question um and there's a lot of different sort of angles and elements involved but um you know it is to to stick up for the shops and the guides you know right off i mean that that is something that's valuable to have because you know if you've got private access to private water you know you can do private stockings you can supplementally feed um, you can do that kind of thing to get, you know, more fish and bigger fish in your creek. And, and generally, you know, you've got less pressure if it's, if it's privatized and, you know, that that's what some people want to do. You know, they want to go someplace where they can catch a lot of big fish and, and, uh, you know, not really have to work that hard for them, you know, whereas, you know, generally a sort of a less managed public resource, you know, the, bigger fish or a smaller piece of that population pyramid. Um, so yeah, I mean, it can, it can definitely be worth it. Um, but you kind of have to know what you're getting into too. I mean, there are some, and I know, I know of a fair number of private water situations that are great fisheries, but they're a little more seasonal than others because they're, um, there are pieces of water that sort of have marginal water temps and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, the fishing can be great, you know, all winter and spring, but, you know, you go in June and July and you've got zombie fish laying in the creek because the water temps are in the seventies, you know, um, that's, that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. But, um, it's, uh, in terms of just the fishing experience, I mean, I I've done both and I enjoy both. Um, everywhere I guide currently is, is public. And I, I, I guess I enjoy that because I feel like I've just got more rain. You know, I can go pretty much wherever I want. You know, we've got dozens and dozens of miles of, of trout stream and, and, you know, again, kind of speaking from the fly shop guiding aspect of it, that I guess sort of the downside of that is that, you know, if you take somebody fishing there, then they can come back on their own. But, you know, that if, if, in my opinion, if you're, if you're a good guide and you're guiding people, well, you're teaching them things and you're showing them an experience that they would not have on their own. Um, so your, your service is still valuable. 
Um, and that's not all clients don't get the same thing out of, out of, you know, a trip, but generally that's, that's how I kind of think about that. Yeah. I think it is important. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of different sides to that. So I don't know how to completely answer that question. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, your point about being able to manage pressure, um, yeah. is important, right? Cause if you, you know, if you don't know where to go and you don't get a lot of days to fish, it's important to know that you're going somewhere where, you know, the fish haven't been absolutely hammered. Right. So that's a great mm-hmm. thing. And then, yeah. you, know, you know, the only other suggestion or only other thing I would add is I think it's helpful to understand kind of the feeding philosophy for the fish, right? Cause you know, yeah. you know, because you can overfeed them and then they, they really, you know, they eat flies that look like fish food. And that's one approach, Mm -hmm. or you can feed them just enough to get them to hang around and they can still be pretty hard and pretty selective to catch. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a number of places, um, in the Southeast that have wild populations of fish in a privatized section of river that they supplementally feed. And, you know, again, it does depend on the feeding philosophy. I mean, you can feed you know, with, with dog food, you know, once a week or every other day or something like that. And you're, you're going to greatly increase the growth potential of fish in that stream because every people don't think about this a lot, you know, but every piece of water has, you know, it has its own level of productivity. There are, you know, low, you know, infertile creeks and there are very fertile creeks and you're going to get bigger fish and more big fish and fertile creeks. And so if you have an infertile or sort of, you know, mid-level system and you're supplementally feeding, those fish are going to grow, you know, they're going to have a bigger, you know, potential. And, you know, like you said, not feeding all the time is a great way to achieve that, you know, keep the fish, you know, around and, and in, you know, your private section of river, but still have them behave as, as sort of wild fish. Yeah, and I really appreciate the question, and keep the questions coming if you'll just uh, direct message us on Facebook, on our Facebook page at The Articulate Fly, and if we read your question, I'll send you some Articulate Fly swag, and you will get entered into a drawing at the end of the season for some discount coupons for Riley Rods and some Matt Riley Original Flies. Well, Matt, it's not a fishing report with you if we don't talk about your upcoming Rural Virginian article. What are you working on? Yeah, so this week, um, you know, Muskie's been on my mind pretty heavy lately, and I'm I'm putting together an article that's just sort of like a like a primer on Muskie fishing with flies and sort of you know what to expect and and what it's really like because I feel like a lot of people they see these pictures of these you know see pictures on Instagram of these giant fish with teeth and these big flies and they you know sort of build their own expectations and. Um, you know, it, it, it is, uh, it's, it's a very cool thing, but there's a lot of work involved and it's not, uh, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, just sort of a, just sort of a primer and, and, uh, how to approach it, you know, when you do, if you do decide to, to pursue muskie on the fly, um, because, um, they, like they're, uh, they're, they're not easy, but they do get under your skin and, and it's a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see one of those fish kind of chase your fly, but you know, to your point, I seem to always like the instant I am not concentrating about one or two o'clock in the afternoon 
it's <laughs> when it blows up and uh yeah. you, you hopefully that you you hope you're able to recover quickly enough. Um Yeah. Well, listen, before I let you go, why don't you let folks know where they can find you so they can book you and fish with you? Sure. Uh the website is mattrileyflyfishing.com and my email and phone number um and all that's on there, so feel free to contact me any way you like and I look forward to fishing with you. Yeah, and folks, before the holidays are upon us, you owe it to yourself to get out and fish. And if you haven't yet, it'd be great if you check out the Articulate Fly apps. You can find them in the Android store of your choice or in the Apple uh, Apple App Store. And uh, folks, get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, Matt. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, everybody.